again making the transition from getting here to being here just another sequence of moments to be noticed, recognized, and to be aware of. Settling into the body, onto the sitting bones. And taking the temperature of the mind. What is the attitude of the mind as you approach this period of sitting practice? Is there an open receptivity to whatever appears? Is there a predisposition to look for something in particular? Do you have some agenda for this sitting? And can you relax the mind a little more? Since knowing is always happening, You can ask yourself or inquire, what is being known? You can also keep a monitor on the continuity of awareness. Letting awareness just register each moment, recognizing the knowings happening and what is known. If there's any sense of struggle, trying to get closer, trying to get clearer, Trying to be more precise. See if you can let go of that agenda. And just relax the mind. Just letting the experience of the present moment appear in the mind and be recognized. Again, it may be very rapid changing phenomena, in which case you just settle back and know that it's a lot, or it may be very precise, clear, quite sequential. Again, just settle back and notice that. Recognize any of the defilements that might have arisen in the mind. 
And now that the momentum of awareness has some strength, the defilements become subtler. Just the slightest whiff of expectation is a form of attachment or craving. Just the slightest discomfort or irritation with the way it's going is a subtle form of aversion. Or maybe there's just a subtle collapsing of the internal energy, a form of sloth. Recognize the subtlety of the defilements. And in addition, recognize the subtlety of the wholesome mental states, a sense of ease, clarity, or confidence, stability, non-reactivity. Wholesome mental states are strengthened by recognizing them. That's all. Another experience to be known in the moment that it occurs. Refresh your attention frequently throughout the sitting. Relax the body whenever you notice that it is becoming tense or stiff. Reboot your understanding of practice. Before making any adjustment to your posture or before deciding to apply any technique, notice what's going on just in the moment before you decide to do that. What is it that occurs that causes you to think you need to apply a technique? What is it that occurs in the instant before you shift your posture? Attend carefully to the subtlety of those moments so that you can catch them, noticing with an open, receptive awareness, oh, this is the way it is right now, without judgment, if possible.
any questions today? You have hit the nail on the head. (laughs) This is not an uncommon experience. And it is, um, and I think all of us can relate to, um, you know, we find ourselves in some swirl causing us some kind of suffering. And we'd love to let go if we just knew how. If we just knew what what am I supposed to let go of and how do I do that? Uh, I, I sometimes say that this is where practice takes place. We have enough mindfulness to recognize we're holding on and not enough wisdom to let go. And so we suffer with full awareness. <laughs> I know that that's that is the crux that is the crux of practice. I mean if if somebody said, Oh, let go of that, we'd let go, we'd try, you know, to do. But it is the unseen, the unacknowledged, the un, the the holding on that we're unaware of that we can't let go of. We see the effect of the holding on; it's suffering, but we don't see the holding on. Uh, I mentioned the other night uh, in speaking about the four noble truths, the third noble truth. And I was talking about different ways that we experience the end of dukkha, momentarily, even here. And, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you come out of a train of thought and you find your mind just wound up around some totally insignificant thing. And you just say, let go of that. And you can't. You, just, you, just, you don't even have to put it out of your mind. You just, in the recognition of it and the realization that there's nothing, there's no re. We just let go. It's just, let go. The next layer of letting go is in the obsessing of the mind. You know, where the mind gets caught up in some, you know, some snit. You know, it's reviewing something in the past. It's some emotional turmoil, and it's going on, and we can see it, and we can see the story, and we can see the suffering, and we can see the emotion, and we'd love to know, we'd love to just know how to let go. But 
the letting go that's required there is not intentional. You can have all the intention in the world to let go, and you can't. Because letting go intention is not strong enough to let go of that holding on. For that kind of holding on, you have to develop, well, samadhi. You have to develop the capacity to be fully in the present moment with that. And that would be the letting go. That would effect the letting go. It's not intentional. And so what's that mean? That means that when you're in that kind of a emotional boil, that you, you're so, you, can, you develop the continuity of awareness or attention so refined and so continuous that you notice every flicker of sensation, of thought, emotion, intention that, that is making up the suffering. The continuity of those moments of mindfulness is samadhi. That develops the samadhi, the, 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 the concentration of mind. That is what lets go. That continuity lets go of the indulgence in any of those, the story or the sensations or whatever. It's not intentional. It is the continuity of awareness that lets go. There's a further level of uh, suffering, if you will, or defilement, and that is the potential, you know, and we know, we know we got buttons, you know, we each got, you know, our little buttons. And right now, they might not be being pushed. But all it takes is, you know, the bell doesn't ring on time, you know, somebody cuts in front of you in the lunch line, you know, or somebody forgets to ring the bell right at 44 minutes and 59 seconds, <laughs> you know, and our button gets pushed and poop, we got a full-blown reaction. Well, we know we have those buttons. And they haven't, the, the, the suffering hasn't arisen yet, but the potential is there. How are you going to let go of that potential? That's what Vipassana challenges you to do. That is really tough. You know, but that the road ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. I don't want to be aware of. <laughs> I know. That is just it. That's the kind of energy that's required. And when we talk about right energy or right effort or balanced energy, it's the energy that's required to notice what you don't want to notice without any agenda to get rid of it. What kind of energy is that? It's like persistent but not goal-oriented. It's like... <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to do that, you know. And, but that's the challenge. That's the challenge is, how can we just, just be here with this? You know, it's really unpleasant. It's really suffering. You know, we'd like to let go. We're just, the mind is just obsessed. And you're just with it. And, you're with it, you're with it, you're with it. and you can't see the end in sight. And if you, if you, if you kind of clamp down and say, I'm really going to get it, it only gets worse. It's about letting go in the mind on a moment-to-moment basis of just... It's just this, it's just this, it's just this, it's just this. And eventually, you'll see, it just thins out. 
It does. I, you know, I've seen it happen. And you'll learn. You'll learn. Yeah. I'm sorry I can't give you the magic, <laughs> you know, the secret teaching. This is the secret teaching. You got a couple of days. <laughs> I like that, you know, that kind of determination. Give me till Sunday. Is it okay to use imagery to let go? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's she's commenting on a, uh, a kind of a monkey trap in Asia. You know, they hollow out a coconut or whatever, just big enough to, for a monkey can stick its hand in the hole, grab a banana, but once the banana's grabbed, they can't get it out. And so the monkey's caught. But the monkey's only caught by its own greed. All he has to do is let go of the banana, he can get the hand back out. See, the, the coconut is tied down. So the monkey is just, you know, he wants to get out, but he can't get out because he wants the bananas. We do the same thing. We want something. We're attached to something. We're clinging to something. And it's causing us suffering. But we don't want to let go because we want that thing. But the only way you can not suffer is to let go of it. Right? So if the image works, hey, if that's all it takes, just remembering that poor old monkey, and you, and you can let go, great. However, it might not always work. But if it does work, fine. Yeah? Yes. 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 That's a very clear description of what happens. Sometimes we, you know, the the presenting phenomena is a defilement of fear or anger. Anger, for example. And then we start to get in touch with the anger and we see that underneath that anger is really, you know, maybe fear. And underneath that fear, you keep working with the fear. And underneath the fear is, you know, shame. And underneath the shame is hurt. Oh. Pain, feeling pain. You know, somebody did something to you and you felt hurt. But 
We don't see that. We don't feel the pain because we're so angry at that person. Oh, so we do work down through layers. But we still have to work with the fear or the anger or the presenting defilement to get to what's down underneath it. Yeah. Yes? You spend a whole day with a defilement? This is true. Yeah, sometimes. Impermanence. And what? Oh, transience. Mm -hmm. Art. Okay. So the question is about impermanence, transience, what about art, the making of it, and the appreciating of it. Right? What... what about that? I, I I don't quite get the... I mean, the making of it is impermanent, the appreciating of it is impermanent. You know, what? what's the question? The art itself lasts. Oh, yes. You remember the Buddhas of Bamiyan? The Buddhas of Bamiyan, there's a, there were these huge Buddhas carved in the stone face of cliffs in Afghanistan for centuries. Fantastic. One of the wonders of the Middle Eastern world. Just amazing from the time when Buddhism uh, had spread throughout all of Middle East, uh, Pakistan and Afghanistan and all those countries. And they were just these extraordinary, huge Buddhas. I mean, it's phenomenal. And, you know, one of the last acts of the Taliban uh, regime there was to blow them up. Fantastic art. So we have to build in that kind of perspective to our appreciation of art. You know, it's here, it's now, it's being appreciated now and by many generations, but it is impermanent. It is impermanent. There will come a time in the future where it won't be around just like the teachings of the Buddha, will disappear from the face of the earth. And human beings will live without those teachings, without these teachings of liberation. The time will come. Yes. Let it arise. So the comment is, what if you, instead of waiting for the defilement to rise to then work with them, what if you just kind of create a little box, a nice spacious box, Put your defilement in there intentionally and then play with it. Just kind of watch it like a mouse in a maze or something. <laughs> you know, you can do that, but the, the thing about defilements is they're all about holding on. 
And if you intend to just put it in there and play with it, the requisite holding on that causes you to suffer isn't there. So it's just kind of playing with it. The real work of defilements is when the defilements have you by the throat, you know, and just really, really gut your mind. That's when you really need to work with it. Because to kind of reflect on it and play with it and just say, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not real enough in a way. It's just not real enough. Oh, you can, you can get some, you know, reflective understanding and, you know, stuff like that. But that does, that's not really the work that needs to be done. In this practice, we, we say, develop the continuity of attention. That's concentration. When something arises, it arises at that time because you've uncovered it. And you've uncovered a new layer of holding in the mind. Any, any layer of holding you know, less gross or less intense than that, you don't have to worry about you know, the, the playing with it idea. Because we keep working down through, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the layers of the mind. <clears throat> where, you know, you work with, you know, in the first couple of days you work with sleepiness and restlessness, and then, you know, day three, four, and five, not so bad. But it comes back in day six and seven, and you think, hey, I've been here, I've done that. You know, why, why is it coming back again? Or you think you've finished with some, you know, scenario in your life that's caused you a lot of suffering, and here it is again. Dang, you know, I thought I put that aside. I thought I was finished that. You were finished with it at that level, you know, and now you're at a deeper level with it. Same, same defilement, maybe even the same story, but subtler holding on. So you've got to work with that defilement in that level in the same way you worked at it at previous levels, but you kind of get down a little further. It'll come back again. <clears throat> It'll come back at the next layer. Once you get more power of mind, more concentration, meaning more continuity, you will see that same story or that same defilement at a more subtle level. It doesn't feel like a subtler level. It feels just as nasty as it was before. But it is actually at a much subtler level. So that's how we keep working. <clears throat> well, since my throat just went, <clears throat> whatever that is, um, Maybe we'll stop here. So, again, another day. Today's Friday. Um, today and tomorrow is, is it. So please uh, just work with the continuity, again, in a, in a gentle but persistent way. And about this time of the retreat, thoughts of the end of the retreat start to appear in the mind. The thought of the end of the retreat is not a problem. If you get excited by it, if you get attached to it, if you don't want it to be there, if you start planning with what you think about, that's the problem. So watch your relationship to the thoughts. Is there one of excitement, one of dread, one of fear, one of, you know? Just see how you're relating to the future. The future is just a thought. It's just a thought. There's no future out there. Whatever you think of the future is just a thought. Don't think about that. But when the thought of the... 
when the thought of the future arises, watch your relationship to it. Because in there is a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, suffering. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.